Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Not mentioned, you can go over to pathtozion.com for the audio-only recordings. Find us on Facebook. Um, reach out to us via email at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. What are we talking about? Boy, we are getting into it now, what it means to keep Yahweh's Torah, Shamer, and we are trying to unearth, in case you're just jumping in right here, we're trying to have the proper biblical understanding towards what it means to keep. Um, we have inherited a belief system that says, keep the law. No man can keep the law. God's not like that now. Well, if we just start at the basic practical level of, well, what does it mean, though? Before we even talk about anything else, what does it mean to keep according to Yahweh's perspective? And as we have established, it is a guarding, it is a preserving, it is a, a cherishing and a treasuring of something. And that's a little bit different than just keep my commands, I think. I'm not going to re, um, rehash uh, everything that we've already talked about. We're just going to kind of keep moving here. Probably two more parts to go, maybe more. Not quite sure. Um, if you've made it this far, thank you um, for joining in to the discussion. Now, what we're going to talk about right now is, is this segment I've just titled A Deeper Dive into Some Hebrew Words. And we, we wrapped up the last part talking about somewhat just uh, by happenstance, Adam and Eve in the garden and, and how I believe that that's a good illustration, which is awesome. Anytime a principle shows up in Genesis and then we can follow it, we see a pattern that many times is for our good and for our learning. Um, because when we look at as I highlighted um, in the last part, when we look at Adam and Eve and what was presented to them and what they were within, they had a way out, friend. Like, it's not like Yahweh's commands to don't eat of that tree was so burdensome that they just couldn't help it. Who and And here's the thing. Please consider what I'm saying if you're on the fence or if you think I'm crazy towards the Torah. Would any of us read the account of the fall in Genesis and say, man, who could keep that burdensome law? Who in the world could stand up underneath that horrible burden that kept them from eating of the tree? Oh, of course they fell. <laughs> no one would say that. In fact, sermons since then have been very hard and like, why wouldn't they obey the law that kept them safe? It preserved them. It, it kept them in intimacy with the Creator. It set a boundary for them. It was for their good. Yahweh placed them there for their protection. And it was, it was so that they didn't become like Elohim, like the promise said. I mean, the deception was true. I say that all the time. They did become like Elohim. That was the problem. Nobody says that, though, and says, Man, who could keep that burdensome law of not eating of the tree? I believe it's the same principle. The, the Torah of Yahweh Elohim is in place for us to choose to obey. And when we do, if we do, we are guarded and protected by him. That is a, a, an ancient principle that we can look to the garden to see. Now let's let the Hebrew help us even dive deeper into this because this is awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed compiling this part here. Um, some specifics of Hebrew words used in order to help us move closer to rightly understand what the Scripture is saying about these matters that we're talking about. 
Um, I just mentioned Adam and Eve, so so let's just stay here for a minute. The Garden of Adam, the Garden of Eden, that Adam and Eve were placed within, um, is, is this is this word gan. Okay, in Hebrew, this speaks of an enclosed, safe space. Okay, first and second mention of shamer are are quite intriguingly. Uh, they're they're intriguing when they're placed side by side in, in Genesis chapters uh, two and three. Okay, and we're going to do that here in a minute. So me jumbling this up will actually make sense. As we begin to lay a foundational understanding of what Yahweh intends for us to think on um, towards properly understanding keeping shamer, their first uses in the scriptures should get our wheels turning towards the thoughts of what Yahweh is wanting us to add to our understanding. So we're going to read them back to back and, and see if this uh, comes into view for you and, and becomes clear um, for what I'm trying to present. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, okay? Then Yahweh Elohim took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden in order to cultivate and keep or watch over it. Let's just, before I get to Genesis 3, let me talk about this for a minute, okay? This, this word, um, to put, we would think put. Okay, well, he put him in the garden. Big deal. There you go, Adam. <laughs> this, this word um, holds a lot more connotation in the Hebrew, and it's yanach, okay? Yanach. And it is to give rest, okay? So let, there's a principle here. I hope I have the, uh, the ability to explain it. Yahweh takes Adam and places him, put him, gives him rest in the Garden of Eden. And he's, he's told to do what? Cultivate and keep it. Watch over it. Shamer it. Okay? Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. And he, Yahweh, uh-oh, expelled the man. You know where we are in the account. Yahweh expelled the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he had cherubim dwell along with the whirling sword of flame. Oh, boy. What are they doing? They were set to guard, keep the way to the tree of life. Friends, we're about to go down five floors of thought here. Please put on your thinking caps. Okay, so Genesis chapter 2, Yahweh takes Adam. I'm just going to read my text so I don't get out of order. To use the scriptures to teach us properly, Adam was literally moved into, set within the Garden of Eden to keep, guard, shamer it. Okay? When he failed to properly do so, he was banished outside of its boundaries, and cherubim were now placed to guard, keep, shamer the garden. From who? It's not a trick question. The previous residents who had become transgressors, they had chosen lawlessness, iniquity, sin. Adam set in place this, this word, um, yanach. He was set in place to shamer the garden. He disobeyed father's law which is sin, which is rebellion, which is lawlessness. And thereby, 
the lawless one, Adam and Eve, they were evicted from dwelling with Yahweh intimately as they were created to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? We have to look at these principles. And, well, Adam and Eve sinned. Next. No, no, no. Let's sit and stare at this through the entirety of the word of Elohim into Yeshua and into us. And what does this mean? There became a shamar, shamer guarding, keeping, that kept Adam out. Since man abandoned his right and duty to keep Shamer the garden in his rebellion, in his lawlessness, Yahweh established a Shamer guarding, keeping, that kept man out. Do you understand this image of what I'm trying to paint? Okay? When we step outside of our keeping Yahweh's commands... We are banished out of his presence, friend. And then, not just that, but then there is a keeping of his ways and of his intimate dwelling that now we no longer have access into. We cannot be anymore Yanach with him, put in the safety dwelling where Yahweh himself is. Okay? Think on this now. Within the garden, this, this, the garden boundary, man was intimately and perfectly preserved and cared for by Creator Yahweh. Perfect safety. As anyone who knows the account of the deception offered to Eve to be like an Elohim by eating of the tree, a principle was established. Walk in His ways. Walk in Yahweh's ways. Carrying out your purpose, every single need you have will be provided. You will walk daily with Yahweh in the garden. You will fulfill your purpose. Break Creator's commands, and your location even changes. Your purposes change. The literal abode of Yahweh is now guarded to keep you out the lawless transgressor. Do you hear what I'm saying, friend? This is so, this to me is the meat of this, and I didn't even intend it to land here until I did this part of the study for myself. This is awesome because this is the Hebrew language revealing layers of understanding for those of us who have ears to hear. Again, the literal abode of Yahweh is now guarded to keep you out if you decide to choose to rebel and become your own law giver. Okay? Transgressors cannot live within the safety of Yahweh's covering and protection. Ones who paraphrase, the people who say, I don't need a law. I don't need law. I don't need that heavy burden. You, that's true. You can say that. You can say you don't need it, but the fruit of that will be what we see all around us. Lawlessness, 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 depravity, sin, rebellion, carefree. These people are happy to be lawless. They're, they love it. Look at them. They parade it around all over the world. Oh, well, you don't know their hearts. I'm talking about what I do see. Pride. Look at us. This is scriptural now. Look at us. 
What are we? We're becoming like Elohim. Where did it start? Lawlessness. We do not need told what to do here. It is an ancient, the most ancient deception, I would say. Transgressors can't live within the safety of Yahweh's covering protection. Well, we're vulnerable outside of that. We see that in the garden. <laughs> you're banished. And now you're kept out. You're guarded out, to use the word. This is a very weighty consideration to ponder, I would say. And we're going to read scriptural evidence of this in, in a few more minutes, okay? I'll add that this is why I say that it's important to exalt and honor the sacrificial system. Let's give a little nugget of thought underneath this, this uh, larger um, consideration. Um, this is spelled out, of course, in Leviticus, the, the, the Torah requirements and the sacrificial system. And we're reading through that as a family now. It's like, man, this stuff is just odd. It is. There's no, nothing wrong with saying that. In our understanding of Western culture context, wow, what? I don't get it. I don't need to get it all. I don't need to understand it all. But while most Bible teachers and pastors are quick to degrade the Levitical order that Yahweh established, I no longer see it that way at all. In fact, I see it now as wonderful. Why? Please listen. It's not just because it's all pointing to the fulfillment in Messiah so that he could become my great high priest, but because Yahweh, in his great mercy, literally gave man the blueprints for erecting and establishing a model of the heavenly order upon the earth. Why? Why would he do this? Man was surely undeserving, right? Mercy, grace, compassion, long-suffering, a loving father. Yahweh again extended himself to dwell with men in the sacrificial system. He took something that's in the heavenlies, it was and it is in the heavenlies, and mirrored it on the earth and told men a list, this is how you build this, and when you build this, I will literally come and dwell amongst you. Why? Because he longs to be intimate again with his creation, as he did in the Garden of Eden. His never-ending mercy made a way to approach him again. <laughs> Incredible! He should not have done that. But guess what? There's criteria, just as there is today. I will come and dwell with you. I will meet with you when you do this. If you will do that. Guess what, friends? Covenant today? Covenant I have down here, read all of chapter 91 of Psalms. Let's look at it. Turn there yourself if you've got it handy. It's pretty short. We've already touched on the beginning of this. About the one who makes um, the Most High his dwelling, his shelter. He'll abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He's my refuge, my fortress, my Elohim in whom I trust. It's he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions under his wings. You may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. 
You won't be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by the day or the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, destruction that lays waste at noon, covers all the times of the day. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. In the verse that I highlighted was verse 11. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you, to shamer you in all your ways. Why? Verse 9. Because you've made Yahweh your refuge. Verse 14, well, I'm just hitting these high points. Because he's loved me, and if you love me, you keep my commands. Therefore, I will deliver him, and I'll set him surely on a high place, because he's known my name. That's a whole other issue. He will call upon me, as we read earlier in a previous episode. I will rescue him. I will honor him with a long life. And I will let him see, behold, my Yeshua salvation. And so here we are, full circle, without explaining this even further. The same angels that guarded the Garden of Eden and were with waving flaming swords of fire to guard, keep, shamer the garden from the transgressor, lawless one's humanity on the outside now. For those who will love Yahweh, and you love Yahweh like you love the Son, which is, if you obey me, you keep my commandments. Now, in his mercy and in his kindness, now he will dispatch angels to shamar this man. You understand all this? This is huge, right? His mercy is everlasting, friend. That's why when that verse pops up in the Bible, it's repeated like four times, ten times. His mercy is everlasting because it's true. So we need to point out that when Adam and Eve were put out of the garden, Genesis chapter 3, verse 23, they were placed back within the area that they were created outside of the garden. This is deep, and we're not, I'm not going to take all the time to go there. I believe that according to the Hebrew words that were used, upon their banishment, they were not covered and protected the same way as when they were within Eden's boundaries. We could venture to say that when they chose to forsake their purpose, they were made vulnerable via disobedience. Adam did not do what he was created to do, serve and keep, shamer, watch over the enclosed safe space garden that provided him a safe space dwelling. We could follow a biblical pattern that I believe clearly reveals that the way back to his protection and covering is Yahweh's Torah. I think that's our way back in. Another extension of Yahweh's character to man. Things are different now, but what are we doing? We're looking for, towards an Edenic New Jerusalem. Where what? Yahweh himself is there. There's no need for a son. And what goes forth from Zion, friend? The Torah goes out of Zion, okay? It is the governing order for Yahweh's new Jerusalem kingdom. It's not a real, that doesn't take hard to get there. It doesn't take much. Keeping and guarding Yahweh's ways, Shamer, allows a man to re-enter covenant via obedience to the law of the land, if you will, for Yahweh's set-apart people. So as we talk about this deeper understanding, 
And even that, I didn't even explore that. I could have. I had some stuff written, and I took it back out to save some time. But, but look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, beside Genesis 3, 24. And follow these words um, about Yanach, okay? And you, I know just enough, that's Noach, okay? Rest, rest. Yahweh provides rest, okay? And so when man was moved from where he was created on the earth, wherever that was, Yahweh literally picked him up and moved him geographically and put Yanach, him, into the Garden of Eden space where he would be protected and preserved by Yahweh's commands, by Yahweh's order, by Yahweh's government. This is not hard to understand. Then a deception came and they chose, chose to rebel, transgress, become men of lawlessness and thereby they were put out and that same space was now guarded to keep the transgressors adam and eve out okay there's so much to this friend would you please consider what i'm saying um, towards it we have i'll probably try to do it all in just one maybe um, as we bring this to a conclusion what it means to keep yahweh's torah shamer and what we've talked about in this one in a big old uh, summary, I am fully convinced, scripturally speaking, according to the word, that there is a system in place that when we follow Yahweh's Torah commands, we are in a place of safety and refuge, protection and provision. And friend, when we come out from under that and we, like Adam and Eve, say, we're going to listen to the enemy and we're going we're gonna to go another way, we're going to go our own way and become lawless ones. We are then put out, and we're no longer in that covered safe space. And friend, look what happened. Look what happened. As I've said for years, the very first generation of humanity that came through the seed of man into a woman uh, instituted murder, bloodshed on the earth right away. That's how serious this is. That's what lawlessness does, friend. The offering in the garden of just, just eat of the fruit. What's the big deal? Who cares? It's just one command. Big deal. One generation. Brother killing brother. And blood on the ground. These are serious things that we need to understand and we need to think towards, I would say. So, we're going to talk about Shemir some more. A couple more parts, maybe one more after this. Not really sure. Uh, we will be back for more after this. Thank you for watching.